No, I don't. I think I think I'm a I bad don't. influence. Explain why. Because <laughs> before before Michael used to hang out with me, I would assume he was a good person. He would get everywhere on time. He wouldn't be late for anything. So your first mistake is that you assumed that. Mm-hmm. I assumed that. But you started doing some African time. <laughs> the secret is I was always on it. <laughs> and like today is the definition of African time. Hey guys, oh. I fell asleep. I need another hour. <laughs> I need I, another hour. I honestly didn't expect you to like I, I would expect that for maybe Pam or Uchi, but I was like, really? Michael slept? <laughs> I dude, I am a chronic napper. It is actually really bad. Oh my goodness. Um I am also a card holding of the Nap Society, card holding mm-hmm. member of the Nap Society. However, I feel like we need to inform our listeners that we were to start recording at 9 p.m. It is now mm-hmm. 9.53 p.m. and we are just and starting now. Yeah. I was here at 9, but we've had 53 minutes of technical difficulties. Yes, which is not around. ideal. Not ideal. Mm-hmm. Not ideal at all. Not good. <laughs> not good. I don't know. Uh, we were supposed to start at 8 o'clock. Yes, I oh, yeah. I had mm-hmm. to text uh, Sean, our guest, <coughs> that we would be starting a little bit later. So I told him 8.45, thinking, hey, we'd have about 15 minutes for technical difficulties. But guess what? Nope. <laughs> nope. Here we are. Nope. Oh, Everything goodness. that could go wrong went wrong. And yeah. that's my favorite part, though. You did everything except for turning it off and on again. Yeah. Maybe the <laughs> first thing everyone says. Turn it off or turn it on. You're like, no, 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 no. no. We'll go Turns through all off. these settings. <laughs> go through all the settings. All the tinkering. Jeez. 45 yeah. minutes later. Oh, it's fixed now. What did you do? I turned it off and on again. Great. We can start recording. That was the one solution Sean, I overlooked. It was quiet. I'm like, you know what? This recording is cursed. Jeez. You know what? Next time, I'll just be sure to be prepared at rush hour. Me, uh, oh. <laughs> God damn it, Sam! <laughs> I had one. Welcome to the Northern Critic. I'm your co-host, Sam Shinobi. Uchi defund the police and walker. My call of action off. Pam Shark. <sighs> what is it good for? Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Sam ruined our intro. Yes, I did. <laughs> I did that on purpose. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and we have a guest. Who yes, we do have a guest. We do have a guest. Just introduce myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sean, say hello to our listeners. Just, you know, just one or two things about you, I guess. Fun things. Hello. My name is Sean. <laughs> I, uh, I am a white male settler. <laughs> settler? <laughs> I think I have to use that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. There's, uh, there's, there's a lot you could learn about me, but um, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my name's Sean and I'm a white male. <laughs> that's, like... <laughs> oh, that's a new oh, classic. No. Yeah. I, that, I love that's it. like the colonizer line from Black Panther. That was great. <laughs> I love it. That was great. Um, The Northern Critic Podcast is a film review podcast that focuses on audience or host handpicked films based off of plot, cinematography, casting, and style. Uh, All of the review points that we do give are based off of our opinions as your hosts and our guests on the show, like Sean. Uh, On this episode, this is our 48th episode, so we're almost at 50. Uh... (laughs) 
we will be reviewing the 1998 film. This actually came out a year after I was born or the year I was born. I can't even remember. Anyways. How do you not know your birthday? Just say, Sam, how do you even remember this movie? <laughs> Maybe that's why I have such a soft spot for it. Um, but, yeah, uh, we will be reviewing the 1998 movie Rush Hour. Uh, I guess I should probably introduce it before we get into initial thoughts. Um, Rush Hour is a 1998 American action comedy film directed by Brett Ratner uh, and written by Jim Koof and Loss Lamana. Uh, the story basically stars Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker um, as mismatched police officers who are assigned to rescue a Chinese diplomat's abducted daughter. Uh, but that's essentially how the, the plot. Um, it's an unlikely duo, I guess, which is where the comedy kind of comes in. Um, yeah, buddy cop movie. Uh, for those of you who've seen Bad Boys and all the other ones, it's pretty much the same kind of spiel. Uh, it had a lot of cultural influence as well. Rush Hour was the catalyst for the creation of Rotten Tomatoes, actually. So the creation of the Rotten Tomatoes website was catalyzed by Rush Hour. Um, really? Yes. Um, the website's founder and Jackie Chan, and a Jackie Chan fan, sorry, were inspired to create the website after collecting all the reviews of um, of the film, pretty much. Hmm. So that's actually wow. That's a fun fact for me too. I'm just I'm just figuring that out now. Uh, I was gonna well. say that's kind of fun because we use Rotten Tomatoes a lot on this podcast. Yeah. So knowing kind of where it came from mm -hmm. is a little. Great uh, conversation starter for when uh, we have parties again. <laughs> a Rush Hour fan created <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. Um, <laughs> uh, and it was successful enough to have two more uh, additions to that general um, storyline. So there's Rush Hour 2 and there's Rush Hour 3. And there's also rumors that they will be making a Rush Hour 4 sooner or later in the future. Who knows? Um a lot of people are petitioning for Rush Hour 4, so... Um, but yeah, pretty How much... How old is Jackie Chan at this point? He's got to be pushing his later oh, I think, years Yeah, now. he's probably up 66? there right now. Yeah. I think so. Um, like I was say, he's at least in his mid-60s. They've done Rambo and whatever the other movies were from the 80s action flicks, so I don't yeah. see how they wouldn't do this either. Mm -hmm. On Rotten Tomatoes, this film has a score of 60% right now. Um... And the critics' consensus describes it as a kick-ass addition to the cop-buddy film genre, buddy-cop film genre. Um, and audiences polled by CinemaScore gave the film an average of an A grade on an A-plus to F scale. Uh, yeah, hmm. so pretty much that's, that's pretty much it. Um, Edwin Starr's War, which, I mean, you might have heard me trying to attempting to sing at the beginning of this, ep this podcast episode. Uh, was used as the ending theme for the film, as well as like the theme more or less in the middle and stuff like that too, uh, which is also uh, pop culture iconic for the Rush Hour franchise as well. So, so that's also a fun fact too. Little sidebar here. Mm -hmm. um, I remember being on canoe trips in my mid-teens and we would paddle across the lake singing this song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's and, just how iconic this song has become. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people usually link the song with Rush Hour, apparently, too. So, yeah, mm -hmm. pretty much. Um, yeah. There's also a Rush Hour TV series as well. Is there? Yeah. I did not even know oh. that. Yep. What? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> I did not know that at all. Sam, that is you actually... say you're a fan. <laughs> uh, it was actually made in 2016, and uh, apparently it wasn't that great. No. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Who was in that one? I was like, who are the actors in this? Walnut, Jackie Chan, and Dora, <laughs> Mark, Chris Tucker. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. I don't know, I don't know any of these names here, actually, to be Let honest. Let me pop right on a TV show and tell me they don't look like Walmart and Dorama version. <laughs> Let's see this. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, they do. They 100% do. Wow. I did not know that was a thing. This actually... 
I actually want to watch it now. <laughs> just to see. <laughs> I don't. I feel like it's along the same lines as that other one. Oh, God. What was that movie? Uh, not Die Hard. Lethal um, Weapon TV show that's on Netflix. Probably oh, along yeah. that same line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, let's jump into initial thoughts. Who wants to go first? I will. Because okay. I have the greatest metaphor ever. So, like all good families, we all know the firstborn <laughs> is just an attempt. Where you, you know, going? You gotta try this? some things, see if it works out. And it's usually the last one that's perfection. That's how I feel about the Rush Hour. Or, or that's where you give up and you just kind of see what happens. <laughs> yeah. See, as the first, that's what I like to think. But I think with uh, your analogy for this movie, you're probably correct. I am correct. Because, you know, I love Rush Hour. Because Uchi's opinion is always right. Thank you for remembering that. My opinion is always right. (laughs) For those who can't see, I'm visibly shaking my head right now. Anyways, continue. (laughs) But no one cares about you and your trash internet. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Technical difficulties. I love Rush Hour, but after watching this movie again, I actually love Rush Hour 3, and I don't care about the other two. Because mm. watching this movie, I was just like, eh, I'm, I'm enjoying it, I guess. <laughs> okay, not, I think the biggest problem, I'm going to say this right now, I don't like Jackie Chan's fight scenes. Oh God! Really? No. That's that's I, the I only like thing. That's the only thing that I, I found amusing in this movie. Huh? Can, it's cliche. It's so nineties. Th- but so that's the I thing, point? right? And, and let's remember can this. Just... Let's. So I I do okay. want to clarify too, no, no, right? Wait wait, wait, wait. Let me say it this way. Then. Okay. Because I think we should take our turns just, first. Yes, that's true. That's true. When I say I don't like Jackie Chan's fight scenes, it's because I've seen. Better coordinated fight scenes mm-hmm. in other movies. Yeah. And everything else is, blows me out of the water. And then I come back to this. I'm just like, cool, I guess. It's like yeah. got this like, like I, I like the fact that they use the environment in the fight scenes, but I don't like how the environment is used. I, I don't enjoy that whole like big slapstick thing. Yeah. I just, I just didn't enjoy it in this movie. That's fair. It's just didn't work for me. The plot, okay, it's a 90s action movie. I'm not expecting anything revolutionary yeah. here, right? But then at the same time, it just felt so... Eh. <laughs> and... <laughs> it's like one of those things where when you go back to watch it, you feel disappointment, especially after knowing how much I enjoy Russia of 3 over this. It's kind of just like... I'm going to say this, it's like Bad Boys 1 and Bad Boys 2. Both of them are good movies, but everyone knows which is the better Bad Boys. It's the mm-hmm. same with this movie. Mm-hmm. Realistically, Rush Hour, this Rush Hour is not a bad movie, but Rush Hour 3 is just way better in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And that, okay. I don't want to say it taints this movie because it's a decent 90s action movie, but... Eh. It was the forerunner to something better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like the original Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049. Like how 2049 realized all of what the original was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same thing with like Rush Hour 3 compared to this. Which is unfair for me to judge because like it should be a standalone <laughs> movie. But here I am. I've said my piece. <laughs> Alright. Who's, who's going to go next? Okay. I... I was going to go. <laughs> oh, okay. No, you can go. Go ahead, Sam. You go next, Pam. Go. Um, After Sam, I mean. Okay, I'm going. Okay. After Sam. Oh. After Sam. <laughs> this latency. This latency is Pam, rough. Pam, Sam, oh, Pam. my goodness. Um, okay. So, as far as this movie goes, I'm looking at it same way I did with Blade Runner, the first Blade Runner we did, where I'm looking at it in the context of the time it came out. And how it matches up now versus then, obviously. But overall, the plot and whatever. I do agree. The third one is better. Um, But we're not here to talk about, I guess, refined caca over raw caca. Um, So me saying that 
this film is caca, I still really enjoy it. Um, it's one of my guilty pleasures. So <laughs> it's almost like how Michael likes... Um, I, you know what? It's almost the way we love all of the Fast and Furious movies. It's almost that similar kind of yeah. kind of yeah. love I have for this, right? Um, Chris Tucker would always, always make me laugh, no matter what he does. Um, him trying to take pictures, like the public are taking pictures of him. He's posing with a gun in his hand. I don't know. That kind of parodies how society views police now versus like... <laughs> 1998 <laughs> where a police officer could feel like he was king of the world by just holding a gun and posing for people to take pictures of him um i'm sure real police didn't do that in the 1990s but who knows maybe they did um but i did like that um i appreciated the dynamic between well both main characters him and jackie chan in the sense that you know um you're kind of feeling like oh okay these guys are just kind of generic um you know like i don't know cookie cutter characters that they made just to fit into the plot uh but then i don't know i found something something interesting in the fact that they just throwing a little bit of splice in the fact that these two were motivated to become cops by their relationships with their parents although that was very very lightly touched upon it was not like they didn't dive into that at all um but i found that interesting in the sense that they did that but then they flipped that on its head as a comedy again and all of a sudden it became a competition about whose dad was a better cop even though <laughs> like <laughs> even though like you know and then you know like my daddy's better than your daddy i was like okay this is this is ridiculous um but then eventually you hear about why carter is with which is Chris Tucker's character is such a reserved cop is because or doesn't want a partner more or less is because his dad you know was a beat cop and his dad got shot as a as a, a during on duty um and his partner just wasn't there to help out or something like that i can't remember how he but he kind of framed it in such a way that his dad's partner didn't wasn't there to you know have his back when his dad got killed and so he saw that he just didn't need a partner because he felt like partners were useless a partner didn't help his dad didn't save his dad so i found that interesting um and again i like that because it's it's done in more or less a less uh because it's a comedy right it's done in a less dramatic way where it's like they didn't do a flashback to show you how carter's dad died you know what i mean like it just he says why it's it is. one offline. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I, I appreciate that manner. I'm, I mean, they do a better job in the third one, like Uchi says. But I appreciate the writing in that aspect where they tell you a lot through like one or two lines about these characters, and you kind of grow to love them even more. Um, but ultimately, this is a an action comedy, and it delivers on action comedy to me. The fight scenes, yes, when he's when you know he's trying to preserve the art the the vase uh, or vase vase i don't even know how it's pronounced but um Pottery. yeah <laughs> he's trying to protect it and he's doing his best to fight these two guys while he's protecting and he finally succeeds and defeats those two guys and the vase is uh, the vase is fine and then someone just shoots it and it's like <laughs> i laughed at that because i thought that was hilarious so <laughs> so, so I don't know. Overall, you, it, I I was okay with it. And you could kind of see how Carter was kind of that lovable goof where everyone kind of knew he was that guy at work who was just loud and talked too much and just like basically destroyed everything he touched. Uchi and I have a friend like that, 100%. I'm not going to say who he is. But at the same time, he's a lovable dude. Like you, Like he's just he's just that guy, you know? And I like that too. So that's just me anyways. But yeah. I, I enjoyed this movie. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say thank God you and Uchi have never worked with me because that's me at work. Um, anyways, um, I like this movie, but I don't love this movie. Um, this is my mom's favorite movie. I've seen it multiple times in my life, and I remember watching it as a kid. And honestly, I thought when I was a kid, I thought it was a great movie. But now watching it as an adult, it's just kind of meh to me. I mean, for what it is, it's a 1990s cop comedy. 
It's what it is. You can't expect it to be more. It's a product of its time, and it's very... There's, it screams 90s. Let's just say this. It mm-hmm. screams the late 90s. Um, the character... I did think it was funny. The writing was pretty decent and I, I liked the chemistry between the actors it wasn't the comedy wasn't forced which was really nice mm-hmm. um and like sam said that one scene like normally we'd like the show don't tell but that one liner kind of or those few lines where he talks about how his dad got killed it works without a flashback kind of thing um mm-hmm. one thing i do want to touch on and the, the action scenes as 90s as they are I mean, that was the time. They are not comparable to anything now. Um, but the biggest thing is when they are running, has anyone else noticed their legs seem to go in this wide stance and they're like hopping back and forth between le- like their leg? Like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just they look like a frog. So basically jump jump cuts. That's I noticed that too. The, yes. Jump cuts. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I mm-hmm. cannot. This is so bad like the editing of this movie was not exactly great that was a 90s thing if you remember the inspector gadget movies it was the exact same thing yeah well and like the thing is like i know jackie chan did a lot of his stunts then i don't know if he still does them now um so maybe that was part of it right Mm -hmm. is that you can only do so many stunts in a frame so it Mm -hmm. was like go from a to b and that's why there was all those jump cuts it just that took me out of the movie and it seemed less realistic. Like, I should say less realistic because let's face it, it's probably <laughs> far from realistic. It's, it seemed more goofy than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was a few good things. I don't think this is a particularly memorable movie. And I can't even say I like two or three better because I honestly don't remember two or three. <laughs> so I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> All right. Sean, you want to go? Mike or Sean? Good evening, and while we're on our break, we will like to tell you uh, where to find us. Um, You can find the Northern Critic Podcast on Instagram, which is at Northern Critic UMFM. Again, that's at Northern Critic UMFM, where you can find uh, basically our social media following and a lot of stuff we put up every now and then per week. Uh, We're also on Twitter, which is Northern underscore Critic super easy to find you can find us there too and we do have a website which is www.northerncritic.com where you can find a full roster of all of the films we've reviewed plus an online shop where you can get cool merch we've got awesome hoodies super awesome sweatpants and much more including iphone cases android cases stuff like that too you could even get yourself a mug hey i'm a writer and when i like to write i use a mug of tea coffee well i mean tea is better but that's just me anyway uh thanks for listening in and stay tuned let's get back to a regularly scheduled program i'm not much of a film critic so i uh i was watching this as a regular person and <laughs> i absolutely loved it it's a uh, it's just such a fun movie uh the the action provides a little bit of uh um little bit of a like a, a partnership with comedy and uh just uh chris tucker and uh, uh jackie chan's interactions are um I, I don't know if they're so much as authentic but um they just have really good uh, chemistry together or maybe they're just really good actors i don't know but, um <laughs> absolutely love the movie uh it had me laughing like way more than it should have but uh yeah and like even uh, Jackie Chan's fighting scenes, like I, I could see how he's probably done a lot better movies, uh, like Police Story or um, what was the other one, Armor, mm-hmm. Armor or something. But um, yeah, so I could uh, I could see how from the perspective of a film critic being like, oh yeah, no, this isn't this isn't the best that they've done. But at the same time, I I still thoroughly enjoyed watching it and. Uh, even just some like the small things like where uh, um, where Chris Tucker's ordering the Chinese food and <laughs> <laughs> he's totally just trashing it. <laughs> the uh, Chinese guy uh, uh, serving the food is <laughs> I know punk bitch I know punk bitch <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man 
friends sent me. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I I don't know. I uh, I love Jack Chan. I love Chris Tucker, and um, as old as this movie is, it's it's still one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well put. Uh, I guess I'll jump in then. I'm kind of lukewarm on this movie personally. Uh, and I think it's because I really did not like Chris Tucker in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see how people would like him, but I found his character just to be a little bit too extra. And it, it, it was a little grating on my nerves personally. And it could have just been my headspace while watching it. But when the characters kind of get under my skin a little bit i obviously he's supposed to be grating and he's supposed to be a little irritating and he's supposed to be like the monkey wrench thrown into the situation (laughs) um so like i get that that was the point but it was just a little bit too much for me to the point that i like i i stopped finding it funny like if it had been a little bit more subtle i would have enjoyed it more right Mm -hmm. um so that was kind of my biggest complaint with the movie is one of the main characters i found just to kind of bring the movie down a little bit mm-hmm. but on the other hand jackie chan um was the right combination of like sort of comedic but straight-faced at the same time because he had some legitimately funny lines as well mm-hmm. but he was just played as such a straight man that the, the humor was allowed to be more subtle if that makes sense right right like uh chris tucker's character carter i believe was mm-hmm. he was just a little bit too in your face for me to find it <laughs> enjoyable and that, that's kind of where it suffered for me i know uchi was complaining about like the fight scenes in the vase and all, all the, like the goofy stuff that was happening there but that was actually some of my favorite parts of the movie mm-hmm. i really liked the slapstick fighting uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to like the more serious stuff that we see nowadays mm-hmm. where they're just doing all kinds of goofy things and trying not to have something break while fighting for their lives at the same time it was just so absurd mm-hmm. that i really enjoyed it um but other than that i really don't have much many strong opinions on this movie because i mean you know what you're gonna get right it's a buddy cop at this point especially in hindsight we've seen it all before but i could see how this is 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 this movie sort of a is this a forerunner to sort of the buddy cop genre or did it exist pretty popular i believe it was kind of a big thing in the 90s Mm -hmm. like the 90s had a lot of buddy cop movies and it gotcha. was like right around that time, like where buddy cop movies were at their peak, you know. Okay, so this one had the most staying power for sure. Um, but yeah, it's kind of hard for me to to have strong opinions on this movie one way or another because there are some parts mm-hmm. that I was like, yeah, I got a chuckle, and there's others where it's just kind of like, mm-hmm. okay, l- let's skip forward ten seconds. Because... I, I would also say this was around the time where most buddy cop movies were like black and white male leads usually it's always like a black dude and a white dude and then the white dude's like usually the straight man and the black dude is like you know either yeah. someone who just so, made it out or you know stuff like that so this was the first so, time where it's like two minorities that are in that are cops yeah essentially. yeah mm-hmm. and jackie chan's character is definitely like exceptional in my opinion yeah i, I really i really like that um uh, everything Actually, no, sorry, away. second, because the first that there were two minorities was Bad Boys, just to correct that. I have yeah. not seen it. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, that said, the one part with uh, Chris Tucker that absolutely had me rolling was when he comes out with the little girl with the bomb vest on. <laughs> that that legitimately had me cracking up. His character being so obnoxious and over the top, and this little Asian girl going like, yeah, blow me up! <laughs> just... <laughs> absolutely hilarious in my opinion (laughs) so yeah uh, that's kind of my take so far Mm -hmm. some of it was a hit some of it was a miss overall moderate enjoyment to maybe a little less Mm -hmm. overall i i don't know about you guys but i found great laughter in the fact that june tal was a middle-aged british man Uh, (laughs) but I never put that together. Honestly. Like, Wait, you never figured out that Jintao is the bitch guy? Because like, no. how, how did you even I mean, get that name? Like, what happened? Because like, I was, I did, British I did have ear. half an ear. Honestly, right. like, so 
Come on, Mike. That's the most British thing to do. Go across the world and take something that. Don't <laughs> but why is his name Jun Tao? That's what I don't understand. Like, who gave him that name? <laughs> he, he probably gave it to himself. Didn't he grow up in Hong? Or maybe he grew up in Hong Kong? No, he, he had a British like accent British. and everything. He was <laughs> okay. Wait, you say that, but I actually met someone from Hong Kong, that like born British. and raised in Hong Kong, who had a British accent. Yeah. Okay, but this guy also talked about how he was part of yeah. MI6 at some point and like it was ho- it, it was obviously just a big joke. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz you're like, "Oh, who's Jun Tao?" and I expected to see like, you know, like an older Asian man who's like seen the hardships of life or something. Yeah. And it was just this Gosh. like old British guy and I was like, "Why?" And he has like a bunch of Asian henchmen, which I was like, "What is happening?" What? Yeah, quite literally the most British thing in the world. Go across the world, take something that's done to them. So I was like, that, that, I don't know, that made me laugh a lot too. Um, uh, And then also something that was very just, it was fleeting comedy. Like, I don't know if you guys noticed that too, but when uh, the war song is playing and Jackie Chan is teaching Chris Tucker how to disarm people. And the first time Chris Tucker does it, the gun is facing him. <laughs> and Jackie Chan's like, "Oh no, don't do that!" And I, I, I just, I found that hilarious as well. But I don't know. Overall, it was just a feel-good movie. I, I laughed a couple mm-hmm. times for sure. <laughs> oh my goodness! But I do want to ask though, because now I guess if we're coming from a 2020 aspect, if someone were to make a movie like that today, what would what would that look like? Like, I don't mean in terms of making it exactly like that, but if I wanted to make a yeah. buddy cop movie in 2020, what what are the kind of, like, the minds that I would have to avoid to make it successful? Because well, obviously, honestly, first of all, you need some masks. <laughs> it was right there. Okay, yeah, okay. I see, I, see, I see that, yeah. That was low-hanging fruit. Yeah, but I really... But to take the question seriously... I really do think that sort of the casting would hold up if it was just tweaked a little bit. And that's from my perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Because obviously, uh, as I, sorry, I forget your name. Um, how he was talking about that. He really liked both the characters. So it's, it's a little subjective, right? Mm -hmm. But personally, I would have, made them both a little bit more subtle mm. because because like the the really in your face humor just doesn't work for me mm-hmm. I think so. as a movie oh just even like the whole 2020 everything is canceled mentality right oh there's, yeah well there's very little in this movie that screams everything should be canceled like yeah there are a couple of jokes that are like insensitive and like a bit like should we be saying that kind of stuff right mm-hmm. yeah. but at the same time it's kind of like that's what the point of the movie is you've got quote unquote the ignorant black dude who just straight up assumes he does speak English to be <laughs> like oh I'm not gonna eat Chinese food because I don't know what it is to be like yo this is kind of good right mm-hmm. so like as a movie I don't really see anything truly out there that's like super problematic but like there probably is right because like yeah well like, like i'm not asian no one here is asian right so we can't say what would be super problematic off the top of our heads right i i've always been vocal against cancel culture because i i just don't think it's healthy right um and that said no, there nothing really was that offensive. There's a couple jokes that were a little raunchy, but I mean, like, come on, guys, it's deal with it. It's a comedy. You can push push the boundaries a little bit, right? Let's just say this: it wasn't Boondock Saints level. Oh no! Like no. you can get infinitely more Saint offensive. Boondock Saints is like crass, offensive, and came out around the same time as this one did. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because I, I, th- think... I think the yeah, distinction sorry, to draw is that is the humor malevolent. That's mm-hmm. really what it boils down to, right? Like, if you are taking a, an Asian guy, for example, and me clearly making him the butt of a joke, that's a problem. Yeah. Because th- mm-hmm. that's 
it, it's like the equivalent of bullying basically mm -hmm. right and that that's where i'm like okay yeah don't do that right but if it's just like i don't know <laughs> it, it's really just a matter of be careful not to punch down just i feel like punch the down. butt of the joke of this movie was clearly just the fbi in general yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was it's gonna like, say, isn't that a joke in 2020? The the FBI in general is just very very incompetent. So, so without those two detectives, all our phones are gonna be hacked. <laughs> That's the NSA. Come on. No, uh, I, honestly, if you want to avoid those landmines, like what you do is you show the characters actually being good at what they do, mm -hmm. but an outsider at the same time. Right, mm -hmm. because and I we even saw hints of that with Carter's character. It's like he, at the very beginning of the movie, he handled a situation that was actually really rough. Like mm -hmm. the the sting operation went completely wrong, and he almost got away with it. Right, mm -hmm. he almost got the situation resolved, but then like the the cops didn't do what he said, mm -hmm. so it just went haywire. So if you show us the characters being, uh, like good at what they do but maybe a bit of an outsider in their trade regardless then i feel like we kind of empathize with them and the movie is telling us you're supposed to be on this guy's side mm -hmm. he may be the butt of a joke occasionally he may suffer from the comic drop every now and then but we're not actually being actively sort of ill i don't want to say ill-tempered but ill-willed towards them mm -hmm. and that's that's the most important thing to me is don't be mean but it's 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 okay to be crass right right yeah mm -hmm. I, I yeah i agree with that um i don't know i do i do also want to point out to that i think the only area that even then that's like reaching but the only thing i would have called out for this maybe would have been like how he treated like his female co-worker but even then it was still more of like but he was very clearly the problem yeah exactly right? which is why yeah, i said that's even kind problem. of reaching because yeah. it's like in the end yeah. she still had the moral high ground over him all the time exactly so and if the movie had presented that as he was in the right that would have been an issue that yeah. would have made that well, would have made me that would have villainized him in my mind right mm -hmm. And I would have been like, well, I, I just don't enjoy this character at all. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah. yeah uh, go on, Pat. Sorry, I just, I just want to say something. Um, as a female watching this movie, I felt like, even though this movie was made in the 90s, and I find with a lot of movies that were made in the 90s, the female is always weak and delicate and, like, <sighs> doesn't stand up for herself against a lot of the guys kind of thing, or is very um seen as a sexual object whereas yes she was seen as like objectified let's face it she was objectified by carter's character but she was still like i can beat you down and i will if you cross the line like the she was key. very strong-willed and knew how to hold herself in that situation mm -hmm. the key phrase there is by carter's character yes. right not by the movie, but by his character. By, by his that, character. That is the distinction. Right. Well, and that's exactly it. And, like, that's something that 90s movies would do. It would be one one male character and one female character, and they would always have that female character maybe not be meek, but kind of almost yeah. seem as a victim, whereas in this one, she wasn't a victim. She was just like, okay, I'm going to turn this back on you and put you in your place. And I feel like that's something... That was very ahead of its time for her character, for what other movies were doing at the time. Mm -hmm. And, like, you see it a lot with now, and especially because, like, now in 2020, there is such a movement for female empowerment, right? And to, like, yeah. stop that objectification of women and how to be basically be your own, how it's okay to be a strong woman. When mm -hmm. before yeah. it was like, oh, you're a strong woman, you're intimidating. And you're not going to find a husband where it's like, no, I'm going to be like Cher, what Cher said. Cher had this line that was uh, her mother told her to marry a rich man. And she looked at her mom and went, but mama, I am a rich man. <laughs> it's that sort of attitude, right? Right. So it's it's the empowerment. I, I right? would say I would say also she ended up being useful in the end, too. And like part of being that's exactly squad. it. Yeah. 
Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, Sean. I don't know what's your input on this. If they were to make something like this in 2020, what would what would you more or less maybe correct if you could? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, <laughs> I think it's it's almost a, uh, a film before its time, and in, in sort of uh, including both the, the sort of minority roles as the lead um, the lead. Uh, actors but um i think you would definitely have to spice it up in some way like mm-hmm. movies these days are just they're so quick and um people's attention spans are way way um lower than they used to be right mm-hmm. and, that's uh, that's true like I'm, I'm trying to think of the most recent uh buddy cop movie and i'm thinking bright if you guys saw bright with oh Lynch. yeah <laughs> that is a sore spot on this podcast i will yeah. warn you right now so <laughs> we were this close to greatness <laughs> i was gonna say like all the bad boys three oh bad boys for life oh bad boys for life did come out this year too that's true and uh I mean, those guys are kind of old now, so I, I did watch some of that, and I was like, <laughs> I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have much else on that. Bright, because Bright was, was Bright a, I guess it was kind of a buddy. Oh, yeah, it was a buddy cop. Never mind. Bright, was a Bright didn't person. know what it was. <laughs> Bright, Bright is technically a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Big air quotes around that. <laughs> Bright bad. <laughs> okay. Think... Do we at least agree Rush Hour is better than Bright? Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, okay. yeah. Like, a hundred times. That's not even... <laughs> hey, Sam, remember how I texted you about um, movies being in the same category? Yeah. These are not in the same category. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bright and Rush Hour, two separate categories. Yeah. Okay, right. Like, Rush Hour, good. Bright, bad. <laughs> yeah. I, I I guess like the the biggest problem with maybe making a rush hour four now, right? Mm-hmm. How many years has it been since Rush Hour Two? Uh three was the last one. Uh I'm sorry, Rush Hour Three. Um I don't know. I think Rush Hour Three came out in what, two thousand seven? Something like that. Yeah. Some early to early to mid two thousands. Let, let's but look honestly, this up here. That's an angle you can play, right? The old guys play. are coming back to solve another crime and Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's t- 2007. Like, yeah. So it was 2007, yeah. yeah. We have to have Jackie Chan come back, do his slaps to Kuma, you know. Mm-hmm. We have to mm-hmm. have uh, Carter be like super Way loud, too loud. Super annoying, you know. <laughs> and like. But obviously, they'd be older this time, too, right? So it'd, it'd be, be more of a. It would be really funny if Jackie Chan's character got like really crotchety and obnoxious and Tucker was just smooth and. <laughs> <laughs> And chill. <laughs> yeah, and mellowed right out. <laughs> I was like, yo, you guys are gonna chill, bro. Oh, <laughs> like, no, I think the thing is, like, one thing I, I really worry about, especially when you have, like, such a long gap between movies, mm-hmm. is putting in Dependence Day 2. Oh, yeah, what? I see. There I wasn't see. a second Independence mm-hmm. Day. Or, like, a Pacific Rim 2. There wasn't a second Pacific <laughs> yeah. Rim. Pacific Rim 2, we talked about. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Well, the I movie that Del mean. Toro was supposed to be involved in, but he wasn't, so they didn't make it. Yeah, I think, and then on top of that, we also worry about like a lot of these movies. I feel like I worry about like it being too controlled. You know, mm-hmm. like you want if you're gonna bring them back for Rush Hour, I want them to be ridiculous. I want Carter being insensitive and like cracking borderline maybe not okay jokes but then like does that still yeah. apply at this time period you know because like mm-hmm. at this point like if we say mega rush out for suddenly i don't jackie chan having like daredevil level fight scenes because mm-hmm. then suddenly yeah. don't work anymore for the movie i should but say as of 2020 so like right before covid was a thing so this was actually no it was after covid so as of september Actually, both Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker will like Instagram st- uh, selfies and stuff like with the just the four sign. So I'm assuming because right now they're saying they were uh, the Ch- Jackie Chan's management company released a statement that the they 
they seemed likely to have agreed to a rush hour for, um, but it's not like officially like made public or anything yet. So like, but the both actors seem to be into making a fourth one. Apparently, it's just a matter of I guess funding and like when they'll and like I guess the script and stuff. So yeah, yeah. and obviously everything is on hold. Yeah, because of co- yeah, COVID probably didn't help. So yeah, yeah, but like. It, it could happen. Like, mm-hmm. look how long Bad Boys for Life was rumored for. That rumor started in 2010. It took another 10 years for it to come out, but yeah. it came out, right? Mm-hmm. So it could be the same thing for Russia 4. It's been talked about for like six, six years. Mm-hmm. Who knows when it'll happen, but... And uh, basically, they're, um, they're looking at a new director instead uh, because Brett Ratner, so the guy who did direct the other previous movies uh was accused of sexual assault in 2017 so of course yeah so (laughs) so he won't be directing anytime soon so it'll have to be someone else directing not good yeah (laughs) not good oh my goodness well shall we start wrapping up i'm not sure where we are in our time frame but oh no we're 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 at a decent time um yeah so over here at northern critic we rate and review our films using a coordinate system we use north for good writing and south for bad writing. So on that north to south scale, north if it's good, south if it's bad. Um, in a similar sense, we do use our east as good cinematography or acting. So all of the other stuff other than the script. Um, if all of that was good, it will be an east. And if the script was bad or if the acting was bad, stuff like that, it would be a west. So a really good movie with good writing and good acting and cinematography and all of that would be a northeast. I, I think I'm doing it on my thing right. Um, and a really bad movie with bad cinematography and bad writing would be a southwest. So similarly as well, we do, because on, on Northern Critic, we like to teach our audience about geography. Um, we would use our equator as our east and west. And the GMT line as our north-south. So the equator, obviously, we know where it goes around Earth. And the GMT just goes down straight through the UK and through, I guess, Western Africa kind of goes down. So a really good movie would be like a Russia. And a really bad movie would be like a Argentina, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Who wants to go first? I will. Okay. And... I will say this movie is going to be a Hong Kong for me (laughs) because um, I wasn't a huge fan of the script, right? Like the Mm -hmm. whole, the whole plot, the, like the lines that Chris Tucker had to deliver. I wasn't a particularly huge fan of them, uh, obviously, but at a performance level, he did a very good job at delivering what he was supposed to do. Right. He played, I know what his role was, and I know that he did it well. And the same applies to Jackie Chan. He was supposed to be sort of a slapstick kung fu fighter, whatever you want to call it. And he delivered, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I know you guys were sort of complaining about jump cuts, but personally, I didn't notice it. But one thing that I did kind of notice was how the shots were framed. It was very clear that when Jackie Chan was in like a hazardous situation, you couldn't see below him. It was implied to be like high up or whatever, but there's clearly like a net right there or something. So it's just the way things are framed in that sense. It was noticeable, but nothing particularly bad. So yeah, from a technical perspective, I think this movie was pretty well done Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of like the acting and everything else that kind of goes into putting it together. Uh, Writing, yeah. Not a huge fan. Not terrible. <laughs> That's fair. A little above average. Uh, I guess I'll go next. That's I will fine. give mine... Uh, you know what? Let's go... Let's go Saudi, Saudi Arabia. Does that seem about right? With the way I'm putting this? So I'm trying to go... You know, the, the writing was average. Like, it wasn't anything super special. Um, but I did like the comedy, right? So, which is why I'm putting the acting and stuff like that t- towards the east. So I'm going, I'm going okay. straight Middle East, if that makes sense. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, yeah, I 
the writing was average, but the I, I like Chris Tucker, I like Jackie Chan. Those are two really awesome actors. So, and respect mm-hmm. to both of them as well because their careers have been nothing short of amazing, to be honest. So, um, and also I don't know, I had a huge affinity for Michael Jackson, and Chris Tucker has been Michael Jackson's best friend, at least while he was alive. Anyways, Chris Tucker and Mike were like that; they were just so close. Um, and, you know, for those people who remember Chris Tucker from all of Michael Jackson's dance videos, like, and he did pay homage to that, too, in some of, uh, in some of, I guess, the scenes in this movie, too, where he's holding the two guns and he's kind of moving like that. That's a Michael Jackson move. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, and he does, he builds up on that in the other Rush Hour movies, too. He does way more crazier stuff. He does an actual full Michael Jackson song in the third one. So, so, so yeah, no, overall, not upset at all. Really enjoyed it. Hmm. Okay. All right. I guess I'll go next. And I will give this movie a Ghana. Like, Ghana. I wasn't the biggest fan of, like, the plot. Like, it was a 90s action movie. I wasn't expecting anything truly mind-blowing. And... I feel like I've come out really south from like the way I've come across this episode. But I just I felt so let down going back to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. And like maybe because like I was going back expecting to be I have like so much fun with it and just being like eh, you know. Mm-hmm. Those like, rose tinted lenses backfired. Man, <laughs> the nostalgia really backfired on this one. Mm-hmm. Like I was ready there with my nostalgia glasses be like, All right, let's go and just like no. Mm-hmm. It was like Yeah. I think the the fight scenes did really get tiring at the end. Like at first they were fine, but by the end of the movie I was tired of them. Mm-hmm. I did I actually did enjoy Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan just like being body cops. That was that was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. And like I think because there's not too much else about this movie, I can't really say a lot more. So yeah, that's my opinion. All right. Oh, Sean or Pam, who wants to go? Yeah, you guys can probably guess mine. It's uh, Russia. <laughs> it's <laughs> you're giving rush yeah, hour a rush hour. Yeah, first time we've had a Wow. Yeah. Well, rush hour gets a Russia. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I just, I just fucking loved it. Uh, <laughs> I didn't hear that Eddie Murphy was supposed to, like, he was the first one that uh, was offered the position, like, that Chris Tucker got. Right. And, uh, oh. That would have been pretty yeah. interesting to see that. And, um, Chris Tucker was a little bit, a little bit too, um, too, too forceful in the position, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, boisterous. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, too boisterous. And, uh, but all in all, I mean, like, I don't know how much of it was improv and on, uh, Tucker and uh, Jackie Chan's part, but um, in terms of the script, if that if that comedy was scripted in, whatever, I'd, I don't know. I'd I'd give it uh, all around pretty good. Yeah, maybe like a maybe like an Eastern Russia, like sort of bordering China there. You know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness! I was about to say th- the rest of the cast was about to hate me because I'm like, if that's in Russian time. Then it could be a rush hour because it's a Russian rush hour. hour. Yeah. <laughs> if we were stu- if, if we were recording in a studio, I would have thrown something at you right yes. now. <laughs> oh my goodness! Or open another can of pop directly into the mic. <laughs> All right, Pam. I guess you're the only one left. Um, I'm gonna give it an Egypt. Um, the writing was pretty subpar it was nothing amazing the comedy was pretty decent um movie was definitely a product of its time it had a few things that definitely put it light years ahead of its time um like the female role but other than that acting was good i liked the chemistry between the actors but Mm. this movie definitely like you said rose-colored glasses with nostalgia i remembered it so much better than it actually is um, it's still, it's still decent, but nothing amazing. And that's why I can only give it in Egypt. Mm-hmm. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, that's fair. 
All right, cool. So that's it. You've heard it here from North, from the Northern Critic. Uh, Rush Hour, if you've seen it, great. If you haven't seen it in a while, go check it out again. You might like it. Or you might get those rose-colored lenses ripped out. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's most of it for this episode. Um, our guest, Sean, do you have anything to plug or anything you're up to that you want to tell people about? I don't know. It just could be anything or if, or a recommendation of some sorts if you've seen a film or read a book or something i don't know <laughs> uh yeah not a whole lot <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know what to say uh, i don't know i've been reading uh, some stuff on buddhism pretty recently and that's that's pretty cool yeah um, I'm, I'm not a religious person at all but uh, i just read about it <laughs> Um, it's it's actually pretty logical the way they, they structure all their stuff and hmm. yeah I'll just toss that out there that's been on my mind lately so yeah, yeah. nice cool they, they help people through COVID that way I guess in a way yeah so, <laughs> <it's helping me>. <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh goodness all right cool um does anyone have any recs plugs I don't know. I don't know um outside of I'm our just... usual Again. pre-recorded. Damn. Yes. I have something to say. Okay. Um, anyways, I threw the Christmas <laughs> the Christmas poll up on my Instagram, and mm-hmm. uh, the results were actually a couple of them are what I expected, um, but there were a few that were really surprising, and I hope you guys are going to be pleasantly surprised with my pick off uh, your guys' choices for next week's recording. So. Yeah. Okay. But. Yeah. Um. I would say to our listeners out there, um, if you're looking for just something to binge watch that, let's be honest, is still better than Game of Thrones because everything is better than Game of Thrones. Um, I picked up Vikings. I have watched the entire Vikings show from the first season to the sixth season, the first part of the sixth season, in about two weeks. And... I I fell in love with it. I loved it. And ironically enough, I did that while I played Assassin's Creed Valhalla as well. Um, And it was a good time, honestly. Uh, I love the actors. Um, They're all great. Um, Outside, I follow them on Instagram now because even outside of, of like, shooting, they're all just goofballs. Like, someone's, like, singing opera on a Viking longship and... (laughs) <laughs> they get dunked on like someone get hits gets hit by a fish and like these are things that happen to them just on a normal day <laughs> and it's just it's a it's a good time strong female characters strong male characters you're following the story of Ragnar Lothbrok and his sons Ivar the Boneless and you know uh uh Bjorn Ironside you know Vitzerk all of those guys um and it's a, honestly it's a good time a lot of backstabbing a lot of uh, you know Valhalla type stuff. I I really enjoy it. Um, also, it really makes Christians look like wimps. So who doesn't love that? I'm kidding. No. Um. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. Uh, <laughs> the Fourth Crusade, like a word. <laughs> um, are any of us uh, big mouth fans? Oh or yes, there's that too. Yes. Code switching. And I was going to say, that came out. I don't know how I feel about the fourth season, in I, all honesty. I loved it. I'm not even going to lie there. I have mixed feelings about it. <laughs> I am 100% on board for the fourth season. The code switching episode was the best because that really summarized what it's like to be a minority in general. We all have code switches. Uchi's got his code switch. You, you know, you got to turn that dial every time you're in a new setting. So I, I identified <laughs> yeah. with that a lot. So... And also with Missy's character, because she's a black girl who's raised by a white mom and a somewhat whitewashed dad. And she meets her cousins from Chicago. And all of a sudden, she's like, oh, my God, I I need to learn. I, this is a whole new side to being black that I never knew about. So I appreciate that story arc, too. And then she has braids and her mom doesn't really like them. But she's like, hey, mom, I'm black. Deal with it. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> I honestly think Missy is my favorite character out of all of them. She's the character with the most growth and depth. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. The rest are just kind of meh. Anyway. <laughs> the rest are all... horny teenage white boys. <laughs> so, <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. And Jay. <laughs> oh my goodness all right well thanks for listening guys and uh yeah we'll catch us next week
that's going to be our next Christmas time. special. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, our Christmas episode next week. Thanks, thanks, Sean, for joining us. It's a good time, <laughs> even bearing all the technical difficulties, but we made it. So, <laughs> something. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we hope and to have you again next time. Yeah. All right. I think all of us want to.